What's up? Before we get into this podcast, I just want to quickly invite you to follow me on Instagram if you haven't already. I am thinking about tomorrow do my monthly live. Wednesday at 7 o'clock in the afternoon. I'll go live on Instagram, answer some of your questions, we'll have some fun. So yeah, that's what I have in mind. And if you haven't yet, please follow me there. And I look forward to seeing you on my live tomorrow at 7 o'clock in the afternoon. You can find me at DeFrancisco underscore one. Let's get into the podcast. Hey, hey, welcome to the David Francisco podcast. I hope you're doing great. Thanks for listening. Today on the podcast, a catch up with Ollie Peace. Ollie is the promoter of WrestleForce and is the owner of my favorite ring in the country. I love that ring. Wrestled a lot in that ring. I have loads of great moments in that ring. I've also wrestled a lot for WrestleForce. And WrestleForce is very particular because it's an example of a company that is not focusing its marketing and its target audience on the hardcore wrestling fans, right? It's about going into several towns once, maybe twice a year, put on a show of wrestling for the very casual fan that just wants something different to do and develop a relationship with the town from there. If you've seen my stuff, if you know me, you know that I've wrestled for WrestleForce a lot, and it is a great pleasure to have Ollie here on my podcast. We're going to catch up a little bit on WrestleForce and what it's been up to lately, having in mind that there's no shows, some memories we have of birthdays and other stuff that happen on the WrestleForce shows, and we start talking about food, because of course we do. I don't know, don't ask me, I wouldn't be able to tell you why, but that's what's happening, so let's just go with it. I'm sure you'll enjoy this conversation. It's a catch-up with Ollie Peace on the David Francisco podcast. Ollie, I need to know this. How good did it feel after so many months? How good did it feel for you to finally again cook your vegan chicken pasta? Oh, it was the bomb. How do you cook it? What, what is it? Because you, you're, you're really proud of it. Uh, it's... M&S plant kitchen, vegan chicken. Uh, it was a diced onion. It was a diced red pepper. I think it was a South Korean spice sauce. Um, I just sort of fluked it. I'm not good at uh, keeping things in perspective and doing measurements. So I literally sort of cooked it without overthinking it. It was literally just bought a jar of something, had a red pepper in the fridge. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a good recipe. Um, I was really high on the fava beans, but I tend to burn my dishes out. Uh, and that's what I did with the vegan chicken. I burnt it out. I had it every day and then I got sick of it. And so then I got fava beans and then I got sick of them. And now I'm back on the vegan chicken. So how long will it last? Oh, I don't know. Oh, I just I, I don't overthink it. Like I said, I'm so bad at trying to do structure and thinking things through in that way. Yeah because um, I struggle to keep my thoughts together and struggle to keep the pattern going. So I'm, I'm not going to say I won't, I'll mix and match so I don't grow tired of one or the other. Um, I'll just, if I fancy it, I'll have it. If I end up having it consistently and I burn it out again, I'll go back to something I like. That's sort of the way I take it these days. I wish I could do that. Uh, there's, um, by the way, if you don't know what I'm talking about, if you go on on uh, on Instagram at Peace the Wrestler, you'll be able to see just that um, how proud Oli is every time he, he gets to cook his uh, chicken vegan pasta, which no, more more stuff as well. To be fair, not just chicken vegan pasta. There's vegan pizza as well, for example. 
<laughs> but I wish I could do that, you know. Um, but I think, like, because of my, my metabolism and my own personality and my own relationship with food, I need to be very, like, strict. Because if I let myself to just go on a whim and do what I feel like, I'm going to end up uh, just living off sugar, which is which is not good. And then I get my belly patted uh, by <laughs> some people. Yes. Uh, well, you know, I mean it in the best of ways to encourage you to... <laughs> Look, I just had um, last week. I made pizza. Actually, I made pizza off of some YouTube recipe where it's just yogurt and um, raising flour, uh, and I made it about three days in a row trying to get it good. And I noticed how big my belly had gotten by last Sunday. So that's when I just decided, okay, I'll have a disciplined week. Um, cut the carbs back. Of course, it was all that. It was all that pastry. Yeah. So. And it's yeah, the, but no the... vegan. The quarantine life as well, you know, you just relax a little bit, which is good to do as well. Well, yeah, I'm staying, I'd probably say my fitness has got better as a result because I have more time in the day. Usually I used to do a full day of putting up posters and just trying to squeeze out some social media to promote whatever event was upcoming. Um, I'd go out, do posters many days, and then I'd have to squeeze in a gym workout. Now I've got so much more time on my hands that I find it a good deal easier to work out more. You were just mentioning uh, putting posters up and promoting shows and stuff. Obviously, you you are and have been ever since I met you the promoter of WrestleForce. How did WrestleForce start? Well, it started in Harlow at the Harlow Playhouse, and this had been wrestling had been running there for years under the guise of Charlie Rage. Always had a hand in it, I believe. But at some point, it was a a joint venture with the venue staff of the Harlow Playhouse. So he'd run there for years, and WrestleForce was the third or so incarnation. I believe it was WrestleFest, then Thunderslam Wrestling, and then WrestleForce was his final incarnation of doing it in Harlow. And that's how it started. Before I was ever uh, in WrestleForce or ran WrestleForce, I went to the WrestleForce school in Harlow as well. So, And then um, eventually you became uh, the promoter as well, and you're running it. Um, it's it, It's really interesting because... Uh, people don't know this, or, or like, well, let's put it this way. Um, if you don't live in uh, the the cities where WrestleForce runs, then you probably won't know about WrestleForce, because the way, because at the same time, there's a lot of shows that um, promote themselves a lot on the internet, and they run in the same venues over and over again, and they seem, they are what we call hardcore-directed uh Hardcore fans directed shows or shows directed at hardcore fans. Uh, WrestleForce is very much, um, and there's a lot of uh, shows around like this. They're like um, spot shows. You go to the same town maybe twice a year, but you have big tours and you go um, basically like there's two main tours uh, in the year. And you have shows like almost at least once a weekend. And it's a completely different animal with a completely different crowd and if a different uh, business model. Model. Uh, I've heard you say several times that this is the kind of wrestling that you like to promote and uh, the, the kind of uh, shows that you like to put together and um, it's it's really it's like I've wrestled a lot for WrestleForce and I've wrestled in front of hundreds and hundreds of people in very beautiful venues and maybe people who only know about their wrestling online would have never known that this happens and it's such a, um, a big power um, like in the south of England, right? Well, I think so. Uh, nice of you to say. 
I, I suppose, yeah, for the WrestleForce fans we attract tend to be family, predominantly family audiences, not exclusively, but it's predominantly family audiences who come for a night of wrestling and they'll come out uh, to watch some live wrestling once, maybe twice a year. Uh, and I, uh, yeah, I've, I've tried to promote to sort of wrestling fans who like to, you know, come regularly to wrestling events and follow storylines. But every time I've tried to do that, it's just not worked out. And so in the end, I've just continued catering to what I've been successful promoting to. And that's the family audience. Why do you like the, these shows so much? And what makes you like well, because want I, to play this I way? I found out I could do for a start. I mean, I would like, um, I would have loved to have done, you know, uh, run one venue every month and draw the same crowd and sort of, you know, do long running uh, storylines, do return rematches, which have, you know, sequels, if you like, um, to the matches that you saw the month prior. But I just could never really work out that sort of audience. Um, not to say I dislike the family audience. It's just um, I went with what was what I was successful with. So uh, knowing that, um, you know, that's the sort of audience I could do with my way of promoting uh, that's why I decided to take WrestleForce. As I mentioned, these people will come out, you know, once, twice, maybe three times a year. So that's why I move around to lots of different towns and promote in those towns infrequently, as opposed to running one venue every month or every other month. It's a little bit like the circus is coming to town, isn't it? Uh, but it's it's wrestling. Um, every... Yes, pretty much. Again, you're looking at people who don't love wrestling. They don't know wrestling. They, they like a good night out and they enjoy the show, but they're not mad about wrestling. They're not going to, uh, you know, analyze it and compare it with other wrestling. Maybe wrestling they watch casually on the telly, but they're not like some other audiences I've seen who know every company, who know the difference between every different independent company and know who's a good guy there and a bad guy there and which guy's a good guy in one fed and but plays a bad guy in another fed you know they're not that sort of audience um how long have you been doing it now gosh wrestleforce is going to be uh i believe six years at least five wow. years if i'm not mistaken it was six years that i ran the first wrestleforce show that was by myself i very much obviously enjoy and i have a lot of good memories at wrestle force um as you well know my favorite one has always been um the, just being a part of shows at the whitham hall because uh, i think that venue is beautiful and i really enjoy wrestling there last time when i did um i presume um the the reading shows the reading shows are the biggest one right rayleigh sorry uh, rayleigh. yes it's going to be a toss-up between rayleigh benfley whitham as well we had yeah. a rather good win in Asbury as well, which we did have the production for. Uh, we can't have the production all the time, but we did have, have the production in Asbury. We had a good first show. I'm sure we had, would have had a good second show had it not been for lockdown. But yes, that's definitely a venue I'm sure that will get bigger and better. Uh, what's um, what's like your favorite venues um, and your favorite places to go? Like the cities that are most welcoming? Oh, well, I mean, I love Bentley. I love Rayleigh um, as well. In terms of welcoming, it's pretty consistently good. I can't say that there's one town that's um, less friendly to promote in than another. Um, but I'll say Benfleet, that's Seabit College, uh, because that was just, there's a stage and you have tiered seating um, in a horseshoe style. So wherever you sit, it's a fantastic view. I feel that was made for wrestling, that theatre. So that's a great one. Uh, obviously, Rayleigh too. 
uh, because it's like the first. Well, I live in Rayleigh also, and we are. It's one of the first shows I did that was rather successful. Was in Rayleigh. Uh, Whitton as well is great. Um, I agree with you. Whitton Public Hall is a, a favorite of mine. I think I think that venue is beautiful. We're wrestling Benfleet, haven't we? Or am I confusing it? There's so many yeah, places. We did. That was our match. Yeah, that's the one yeah. with the tiered seating. That's the one where uh, I think I saved uh, one of our fans' birthdays. <laughs> um, oh man, birthdays! Are we going to tell that story about uh, which story? The story I just mentioned, or are we going to tell the story of? A... I'd rather not. It's uh, I don't know what <laughs> how I, I thought that would be. Um, a good it idea. wasn't you. It wasn't you. You were pushed by the grandmother to. I to... no. It's not excusable. I mean, okay. Look, you've, you've mentioned it, so we might as well tell it. Um, we were told. Uh, we. I was asked on the day, literally. Hey, uh, it's my son's birthday. Do you think you could have a wrestler shove a pie in his face or whipped cream in his face? Um, I guess with an hour till doors or so, I, I didn't really think it through. Where, of course, now you're thinking it through. I'm, I'm sure anyone listening will be thinking, well, that's a very curious request to make. Can you shove a whipped cream pie in my son's face? Um, but nevertheless, uh, I rather idiotically decided to go along with it. Um, I, I, I suppose I thought at the time that the kid would be for it, you know, that this is something they may be discussed with the kid. Um, but evidently they hadn't, and the kid was actually very upset. And, uh, yeah, um, as someone on the show said, what did you think was going to happen? Um, but credit to the people, uh, to the staff and people on the show who did everything they could to make the kid happy. At the end of the day, it wasn't a disaster. Uh, you know, the kid will live. But, uh, yeah, uh, that, it was um, a, a lapse of judgment. It's very embarrassing. But, uh, hey, you live and you learn. It's I could, you know, just bury it and pretend it didn't happen and come across as better for it but you know a true strength in character even at my age and experience um yep i, I let a rather daft thing like that slide and um if there's any promoters out there if you get a request hey can you um have a wrestler splash a pie in my son's face or daughter's face uh, say no I was involved in it. Um, I I was it was me and and Billy. Uh, I was wa actually watching footage of that the other day, um, and of that match in general. I, I shared um, this part of it on my on my Instagram, uh, and it's like at the time you're like, oh yeah, well, if the it's it's the kid's birthday, and if the family is asking us to do it, we don't even think that something bad can come from it because well, not only it's lack of experience but it's also like well it's it's the family asking we're not like oh it's his birthday let's ruin it right, <laughs> right. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's um so like the thing is like now we we know better and it's like as you said like it was fine like the the, the kid didn't um by the end billy got um pie faced as well um so like we got a come up and uh and um and the kid like had a good day um, it was definitely memorable. He's gonna probably laugh laugh at it five years from now, um, and when he grows up. But like for the future, it's definitely like mm, maybe not. Maybe we're not gonna do something that dastardly to someone that's not expecting it and it's not part of the oh. show. Yes, and that's the other thing. I thought he was expecting it. I thought this would have been a, a thought through thing that all the family might have been involved with. But nevertheless, again... Or even, or even if not, it's like, even if he doesn't know it's coming, the family should know that he'll, in, he'll find it funny, you know? 
Um, right. I think because or why would they the want also. him to go by a bad experience to have a bad experience like that on his birthday? Yeah, it got taken a bit far. And hey, look, uh, we all have we all deserve the chance to learn from our mistakes. Like I said, I never intend to fat shame anyone when I'm patting their bellies. Um, but you know, if people have their feelings hurt, that wasn't the intention. And you know, people have uh, been gracious enough to allow me to you know say sorry. Didn't mean to hurt your feelings on that one. So you live and you learn in this life. What's the other birthday you say you saved in Benfleet? Well, that was uh, it was Sarah's birthday, and I think yeah. as I recall, as we were bringing her a True. cake, interrupted it and said you were hijacking the birthday or something to that effect. And then we ended up stipulating in the match that if I beat you, you'd sing happy birthday. Uh, and, I mean, as usual, um, a microphone and you and a microphone uh, end up doing quite a lot of time. But uh, in all seriousness, no, it was, it was, a, it was a good little touch. It, that was good fan involvement um, where it wasn't taken too far with a, a cake to the face. Yeah. No, that was that was lovely. I, I that Ben Fleet show is is like is definitely memorable. Um, and as you said, like the the, the venue is great, um, the environment was great as well. Um, I feel like the people were yeah, really I mean, enjoying was, going there. Oh yeah, on that note, that's how you do a request. I was requested, hey, David's my favorite wrestler. Can you um, get him to sing Happy Birthday to me? And we did, and we did it in a way that was incorporating it, where you maintained being a villain. And, you know, we put, we put it as part of the match stipulation. So that's how you do a fan request of that sort. Yeah, I, I love that. Um, yeah, and, and yeah, like that venue, that's definitely a good memory that I have of that venue. And I'll, I'll, I'll look forward to, to go back there and, and wrestle there. It's really fun. Um, it's, it's, it's so interesting how it's like, um, if people, people maybe don't have any idea, like this is the kind of things that we talk about and that we, we think of when when doing these kind of, of spot family-oriented shows, which is like you have a storyline contained within this show because there's no point in building something six months from now on that same venue. Um, it's about wrestling as, as a showcase and an exhibition. And uh, as you said, it's like it's a different night out and a different uh, experience that people can go and and see it and have fun it's much more about the wrestling itself and the interactions with the wrestlers and everything than it is about like ongoing storylines and storytelling and using social media to do that because people won't know and your experience says that that it doesn't work it's and it's important to know both things right um it like as a wrestler it's been such a great experience wrestling for WrestleForce because I've been learning how to wrestle for that crowd, right? And how to adapt what I do uh, in, able to, in order to be able to do that, which, which I appreciate. Um, it's not like you only wrestle for WrestleForce in these kind of shows, though. Um, there's a very infamous, um, or very a few, well, there's a very specific one. Um, at the, the Resistance Gallery, one of the after-hour shows, um, where uh, you became, let's say, over for the, the London crowd um, mm. with the with the use of the C-words uh, that you just kept repeating uh, and, uh, and called people. And obviously, like, your wrestling ability, obviously. Um, I think it's... Was it the, um, uh, the last man standing uh, match with Rocky Mack? Uh, it was indeed, yes. So um, it ended up coming about. I'm not sure how exactly, uh, but... In accordance with his plans, um, 
I ended up being very blasphemous and very foul-mouthed. Um, and people sort of liked it. Uh, I recall people saying, well, that was so funny. It was so weird seeing you that way. And it, but it was so funny at the same time. Um, so when I got wind of that, I was like, oh, okay. And then I heard this song by DJ Gabriel called Suck My Dick. <laughs> and I thought, okay, well, when I wrestle at the Resgown next, uh, I've got to come out to this song because it's totally in line with, well, what seemed to be what people liked the first time. So I I remember you sending me that song, right? Um, to be like, can you put this on the, on the list? Can this be the song that I come out to? And I'm like... Yes, absolutely. It can absolutely be the song that Ollie Peace comes out to um, because it's going to be tremendous. And, and it was. And I guess that's who you are in London now. Uh, you are the, the foul mouth, um, brash Ollie Peace that comes out to that song because he doesn't care if people think it says bad words or not. Well, pretty much. What have you been up to lately? Obviously, we talked about you working out uh, and just waiting it out. And um, how are you seeing WrestleForce returning um, in um, like in 2020 or 2021? What's how are you thinking this right now? Uh, I, it's, I'm not thinking clearly. My mind's a bit of a blur. So I'm trying to improve my skills on my IT skills and various computer applications uh, for the sake of the company. At the same time, every time I'm trying to do that, it's somewhat depressing because it's all for uh, a company which I can't really do anything or much with. I can put out the few notifications of, hey, we're still here. Hey, remember our shows and one day we'll be back. Uh, but there's absolutely no clarity on when we'll be able to run shows again. So it's just about hanging in there. It's been uh, four months so far. Oh, it feels terribly grim that it could be another four to six months. But hey, if you've got to wait it out, we've got to wait it out. Yeah, in my mind, it's like, I don't think there'll be any wrestling in this country in, in 2021, in 2020. Um, or the big majority um, of, of like companies and stuff won't be able to run before that. It won't be safe, you know, it's not safe right now. Um, and it won't be safe before then. If, uh, as the government has said, they want to kind of come back to normal as much as they can by Christmas, um, it'll be like... The first places to come back will be stuff like Winter Wonderland, right? And I'm thinking about all those Christmas-like events. And then after that, probably things will come back um, because like, of that example and people feeling a bit more comfortable in case that kind, those kinds of events don't create another spike, basically. We'll see what happens. Um, yeah, how can uh, people find you and follow you online? Well, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook handles the piece, The Wrestler. Uh, you can check the website, WrestleForce.com as well. That's and, where you can yeah. find And I guess like WrestleForce as well on Twitter, Facebook, and, uh, and Instagram. Especially Facebook. They, there's a lot of like um, uh, like free tickets and uh, and um, sometimes in competitions like that that you can you can have on Facebook, right? Uh, there were indeed competitions. In fact, it's worth clarifying. It's uh, the the social media handles for WrestleForce are WrestleForce UK because there's a WrestleForce that was in South Carolina. Not to be confused with that one. We are WrestleForce UK. There you go, Ollie. Thanks, man. This was great. Yeah, thanks for having me on. A very enjoyable conversation with someone that maybe you haven't heard in the podcast that you normally follow, but still has a lot to talk about, and it's always cool to catch up with him. I'm going to bring Ollie to a, one of the Learn the Ropes episodes, because not only 
does he run WrestleForce? He also is training people that now wrestle at WrestleForce, and it's it's good people. He's a good trainer. I think his perspective of running a very family-oriented promotion, along with his experience as a trainer, there's a lot of good things to talk with him. And I'm gonna bring you all of that in a future Learn the Ropes episode. You can follow Ollie at Peace the Wrestler on Twitter and Instagram, and I'm sure you can find him on Facebook as well. And you can follow WrestleForce, it's WrestleForce UK that you're looking for. Make sure you give WrestleForce a follow. And that's it for today, I'll be back on Thursday with a catch-up with you guys. I'll be back on Saturday with the Learn the Ropes. If you haven't yet, please subscribe to the David Francisco podcast. Leave me a rating, that's really helpful. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll talk to you next time. <laughs>